Old Testament reading for the third Sunday after Epiphany is from the prophet Isaiah, the ninth chapter, beginning in the first verse. There will be no gloom for her, for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have, been, have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has life shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his impressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to, to God. God. The epistle reading for today is from Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, the first chapter, verses 10 through 18. I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree, and there be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the house of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. And not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. 
and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, I remember... Uh, the original computer game, I believe it was called Alien Invaders. Maybe some of you remember that also. I think it's making a resurgence, if you're interested. Uh, you, you would uh, operate a little ship that would move back and forth on the bottom of your screen, so two arrows in the space bar would fire, and you had to clear the screen of all these aliens that would come down, alien ships, and they'd be firing at you, and they'd move around, they'd swarm back and forth. And uh, you were trying to stay alive and get to the next screen, and it would be harder, and you were trying to get the top score, the high score, or at least beat your old score, or something like that. And it was fun, it was diverting. Uh, but not all alien invasions are so diverting. The recent incursion by Russia, it just we, we've talked about it before, but it just is the great example. That's not been fun and diverting for the Ukrainians. Many of those uh, people lost uh, husbands, wives, family members, uh, businesses, livelihoods, homes. This war in Ukraine may have several root causes, but one certainly is the geography of the land. And any student of history will tell you that geography matters. When Isaiah speaks this prophetic word of hope and liberty in today's reading, it's a word of prophecy that's shaped by geography. Isaiah names specifically Zebulun and Naphtali two of the tribes of Israel, he says, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. So it might be helpful to understand where Zebulun and Naphtali are. What land is this? It's a part of the promised land, obviously, a part that was given to two of the tribes of Israel. Uh, God led them out of Egypt uh, through his prophet Moses, and they wandered in the wilderness. When they went into the promised land, though, Moses handed it over to Joshua, as we know, and Joshua began conquering uh, Joshua and Israel began conquering the nations there, clearing out the land as God had commanded them to do. And you can read all about that in the first chapters of the book of Joshua. Zebulun and Naphtali are two tribes that appear 
Their land is up at the top of Israel, up in the northern part. There's a central area there. And uh, if I get this right, um, Naphtali is kind of the longer one here. And then there's a smaller one right below it, shares a border with it, uh, that is Zebulun. They're kind of like Minnesota and Wisconsin, but not as cold. They are northern states up there, sharing that border. And so, being border states like that, they are vulnerable to alien invasion. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about outer space there, but outsiders, foreign invaders, conquering armies that would come in to Israel or even through Israel. In fact, they almost always seem to come from the north, these invaders. And the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River form one border here of Israel uh, that would maybe be harder for invading armies to cross. And then, of course, the Mediterranean Sea uh, on the west side would form another natural border. And so those invading armies would just be funneled right down through Zebulun and Naphtali. At the time of Isaiah's prophecy, alien invaders known as Assyrians are already in the process of conquering Naphtali and Zebulun. And King Ahaz, who was king at the time, he's terrified. He's making his plans. And those plans don't include God. They include his own cunning, his own uh, military ideas. They also include... Um, his ideas of joining up with other nations, maybe Egypt or other places, but they don't include God. In fact, this is why there are invaders coming down into Israel. It's why Assyria is there. God is bringing them as judgment on Ahaz, on the nation, because of the idolatry that Ahaz has led them in. And so the people, because of their idolatry, have been in darkness. And within just a few years, the entire northern kingdom of Israel will be overrun, and the remaining southern kingdom of Judah will be brought to its knees before God miraculously intervenes. Isaiah is right to point to Zebulun and Naphtali as two of the tribes that show the contempt that God has right now for Israel. They were constantly conquered people. They were burdened and beaten and battered. They were a land of darkness and shadow. They were in such a bad spot that just a few verses before this, Isaiah called them a land that had no dawn, that suffers gloom and anguish. And we have to recognize that, again, that the reason God brought these alien invaders into the land was because of their sin, because of their idolatry, because Israel had abandoned him. And so Zebulun and Naphtali were a land of contempt, filled with people who sit and walk and dwell in darkness, a people who were judged by God. And it's to these hopeless people that Isaiah speaks this word of hope. Isaiah speaks of a great reversal of course for them. 
that God intends to make this land of contempt a glorious land. But how is that going to happen? The change has to come from outside of them, alien to them. God will bring upon them another alien invader. Except that this time, it isn't an alien invading nation that will enter the land of Zebulun and Naphtali. This time it will be just one single man. And he won't come from the north like all the others. This man will come from heaven. This man is God's own beloved son, Jesus, God's Christ. And this will not be an invasion like the others. Jesus is not going to take hostages. He's not going to steal their grain, their goods, their, their uh, cattle. He won't demand taxes. And the only blood that's going to be shed is going to be his own. Instead, Jesus will teach and he will preach repentance and he will tell of the coming of the kingdom of God. And it's this man, this bringer of good news, who will bring light into the land of darkness. Because the Lord doesn't want to hold the land in contempt. He wants to redeem the land. He wants to redeem the people. And as Jesus goes about his ministry, he teaches and preaches and he serves the people. And the light in the land grows brighter and brighter. Matthew says, So Jesus' fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. People are pouring into Zebulun and Naphtali to be rescued by this one who is in their midst. And as the light of Jesus increases, the real source of darkness becomes clear. The greatest threat to the land of Zebulun and Naphtali was never alien invaders from the north. In fact, the greatest threat to them is not alien to them at all. The greatest threat to the people is their own sin. It's death. It's the lies of the devil. These have kept Zebulun and Naphtali in darkness. These were the real means of, of oppression in their lives. And these are what Jesus will rescue them from. And Jesus does, like any invader, make a claim on the people. He's making a claim that he is the Lord, their Lord. But they will not be won over by threats because his kingdom is a kingdom of grace. They will not be won over by fear because his is a kingdom of love. And it is God's love that is going to remove the burden from them. It's God's love that will break the rod of their oppressor. It's God's love that will send Jesus to the south, out of Zebulun and Naphtali, to the city of Jerusalem in order to die on the cross. And when Jesus dies, Zebulun and Naphtali will be in darkness once again, as all of Israel was in darkness that day, a darkness that covers the land as he hangs on the cross for them. 
But this darkness is not going to last. This darkness will disperse. And in three days, it will give way forever to the light of the resurrected Son of God. And from there, the light that first shone in Galilee among the people of Zebulun and Naphtali, that light is invading the entire world. Paul writes that the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. You and I don't share the geographical commonalities with Zebulun and Naphtali. We who live in North America, in the interior of the continent, in Colorado, or even in the interior of Colorado in Denver, we're not likely to experience the onslaught of foreign invaders. But the darkness that overshadowed Zebulun and Naphtali doesn't care about geography because it isn't an alien darkness. It's not a darkness that's outside of us. Our darkness is our own sinful flesh. And for that darkness, Isaiah's words are for us today. To look to Zebulun, to look to Naphtali for hope, because there a great light has shone. And that light is Jesus Christ. His teaching, the healing, his death, his resurrection. It's a ministry to all people, in all places, for all time. And this light is for you and me as well. It invades our lives. The salvation first seen in Galilee comes to you now, today, because Jesus Christ is here for you. He drives away the darkness. He forgives your sins. He casts out the devil and destroys his power. He promises to raise you again from the dead. He brings light to dispel this darkness. And he gives to you eternal life, unending joy. Jesus Christ is the alien invasion that we all need. His is a glorious invasion of grace. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. For your great love for us, O Lord, for your forgiveness for our sins, for casting your light into our darkness, we praise you, O God. Amen.